Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other game-related topics. Be warned, this show contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. I'm Mike. This is Dan. I'm Mark. I'm Jason. This week we're going to talk about metagaming. For those of you who don't really game, metagaming is unrealistic use of information that's outside the context of the game to enhance your own input. For example, a lot of players will use knowledge that they already have and apply it to the game itself. I know anatomy, so my character knows anatomy. I know how to hunt, so my character knows how to hunt. Things like that. Or people who have read the monster's manuals and know skeletons can't be credited. Exactly. Or, or who have played in a particular <clears throat> game world and know where the evil assassin guy lives in the city. Well, yeah, there is no way in hell that your character, being a first-level whatever, would know that, and it's applying that kind of a knowledge. It I, takes a lot of discipline to not do this. I'd never do that. So. Never. Jason is exempt from this. <laughs> I think it would be easier for a DM to limit themselves. I think it would be easier for a DM to just change everything so the players know nothing. If he's a creative DM and can you know, fly by the seat of his pants. Yeah. I'm, I'm just all for putting as much work onto Mike as possible. Applying knowledge that you have personally to the game where your character really shouldn't know that. A knowledge of physics. There's no physics in this world? How can this happen? Or creating dynamite in a world that does not have gunpowder. I don't have that problem with physics. All of my characters in D&D have an intimate knowledge of Star Wars. (laughs) Weren't there some rules for this in second edition, though, that you could give your character skills based on your own experiences? You've brought that up in the past. That was when there was no skill system. Yeah, it was. It still wasn't second edition. That was probably. Yeah, it was. Yes, second second edition edition had proficiencies. You didn't have skill system okay having your character have skills like if one of the players is a chemical engineer and says well i know how to make napalm board certified you know board certified (laughs) pharmacologist you know that kind of thing that's one aspect of metagaming another aspect would be using your knowledge of settings like jason said i know there's a spell jammer at the bottom of this tower (laughs) well we only knew that because we went to a store and opened it well and here's my point is metagaming cheating Yes, I believe I, I, it is. Uh, it undermines the the spirit of the game. And I'm not talking about going to a, a local bookstore, cracking open an adventure, and looking at the end and finding out what the treasure is. That is so clear, that, that is clearly cheating. Yeah, that is clearly cheating. But what about we know that so and so lives at this address in this game world? I think more than anything else, we are guilty of metagaming. Because we've been playing together so long. You've been playing Greyhawk so long. Well, not even that. Star Wars. Yeah. You know? It's kind of hard to play Star Wars without metagaming. That's why you got to go Old Republic. Yeah, that's true. So how do you separate yourself from that knowledge? I mean, it takes a lot of self-discipline to be able to separate yourself from that. That's why I was saying DMs would be better at it. Because I'm saying a DM in another DMs game. Yeah, you would find it difficult to play, you know, Greyhawk with somebody else running. When Deuce ran the Savage Tide campaign, I knew more about the same than he did, obviously. So really all I did was I took a backseat to all decision-making. But you usually take a backseat to most games when we play Yes, Mike specializes in playing characters that really have no effect on the game at all. attempt to play a tricorder? I I believe the discussion was playing the Buck Rogers role-playing game, and he would be Dr. Theopolis. But Dr. Dr. Theopolis talks. I think he wanted to play, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Trill? 
Oh yes, he wanted to be the bonded. He wanted to be the symbiote. symbiote. Yeah, right. He wanted to be the symbiote, and, have, and so that way someone else would do the things, and he yes. could just talk to them. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is actually kind of clever. That, but. That's low investment game. I think. <laughs> you know, bring as little to the table as you possibly can. Related so. to an old topic we had, though, uh, meta gaming is uh, power gaming, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you yeah. can metagame number crunching in battle. True. Well, there are, there are other definitions of metagaming. We can go outside RPGs and say, in the world of card games and tabletop, miniatures games, metagaming is when you know the environment that you're playing in and you tailor your list, your deck, or your whatever to fight in that environment. Right. I've had that in 40K where uh, I made the mistake of announcing I'm going to play a Deathwing Terminator army, and everybody had AP1 weapons. And I brought the Eldar right. that wiped you off the uh, face of the planet. Right. But, you know, that was probably going to happen anyway. You shouldn't really feel too Eldar bad. Eldar weapons are substandard because they are antiquated. I believe that's, in, <laughs> yes, in the uh, guard uh, uplifting primer, if I remember correctly. Do not fear them, for they are antiquated. Right. There's another uh, angle on metagaming that I was reading about in the uh, DM's Guide, which does cover the topic surprisingly uh it is basing your actions on what you think the dm is thinking Ooh, touche like yeah you were saying if you uh, game uh, with someone for so long it's like oh well that npc must be a uh villain in disguise because that's he has what a mike big does nose. all the time yeah, that's that's, well, that's, very that's good. your fault mike you should just not do that or all bald well, npcs yes. are psionicists right yeah. <laughs> or i'll even take it a step further there was many many occasions where we would be playing, and I would tell a friend of ours, Mike's not going to kill you anyway, so we might as well just do this because if you go along with it, it moves the story along. If you fight it and you're right. not captured, yeah. you're essentially making it harder for yourself. So we might as well just give up and let ourselves be captured because that moves the story along. That's the old plot vacuum. If anybody in our group is guilty of metagaming, it's Eric. Eric knows Mike as a DM probably better than any of us. And he knows the system. Eric, Eric knows exactly what Mike's, Mike's... Eric's usually a step ahead of Mike. Usually. He's always anyway. doing the no, vacuum I wouldn't say the that. I wouldn't comes. say that. I mean, Mike's... He's tripped no, me no, up I, quite I, a few times. It's... It, and but I, think, the, I think Mike has to work harder to trip you up than he does to trip me up because I'm a bit of a but, dipshit. So. The, the psychological chess game between gamer and game master is part of the fun. It's harder to disconnect... When you have been together a long time, right. but when you're playing with somebody you're not really used to, I know we've discussed this before, convention gaming or running things for people who don't know your tricks and things like that. I think about the only way you can truly do it is, A, you have to have some level of, you have to be disciplined and want to do it, and you have to let your character on the paper dictate your actions, yeah. not yeah. yourself. Right. You know, whoever is on that paper, that's your character, not you. Yeah, I've run into that a few times where I'm I'm wanting to play a character who is has substandard intelligence, but yet we'll be running something, and I'm figuring this out, and I'm going, no, it's this, no, it's that. It's hard to not say that, and that kind of leads into my next... That's why I personally kind of think they should take intelligence as a stat out of the equation, because it's really hard to bring yourself down. Mark tries. He can't play a character with a four intelligence. intelligence. rough. I think you he's know. been doing Brother Pickles pretty well. Though. Right, but, but, like, but only I've, when I've it's thinking in... of what I should do and then doing the opposite. Right. Well, he, <laughs> he really is good at it when it inconveniences the party. Like, <laughs> mm, uh, well, that's a sh- psychological chess game between <laughs> gamer and gamers. Right. Well, I think Brother Pickles can have flashes of brilliance. Sure, it's possible. Yeah, he's a he's a savant. Right. Yeah. So that's how I choose this, to look at this it. This brings up my my next point of metagaming, and that's cross table talking. When your character is not involved in a situation. But yet you're interacting with the person who is involved. We have that almost on a nightly basis. For about three to four hours. Yes. Right. Well, you know? <laughs> there's got to be some social aspect to the game. Otherwise, yeah. you're just... You're well, sure, but... Are, are you, you know. talking about player, player to player or... 
player to player, you know, like, or not even that, you know, where, you know, let's say, let's say Mike is running a game and he's interacting with Dan's character, split the party, split the party and blah, 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 blah. And then you jump in and go, but what about this? And then the response is always, you're not there. Or why are you talking? Because you're not there. I'm not the only one who does it. Well, no, I'm not. I'm but just he has singled you out. Apparently, well, you are the only one. We try to limit the the opportunity for you to speak. Anyway, note to self: <laughs> shut up. <laughs> note to self: <laughs> fuck you guys. I'm glad you're writing that down because uh, I'm not you, would for, down. you would forget that. I started to write it down and I quit. <laughs> he opted out. <laughs> I forgot what I was notating. <laughs> this is why I've always liked the idea. I mean, kind of along the lines of made gaming, is whenever you have you're under a pressure situation. This is especially in, in Shadowrun. Well, let's say you have two hours to complete a mission, and in real time, we spend two and a half hours figuring out how we're going to do it. That's why I like the idea of an egg timer. You guys have five minutes. What you come up with is what you got because you're in, a pressure, pressure you're in a pressure situation. That's a good idea. I don't think I've ever seen any of us do that before. No, we've never. No. And, and it would not work. But it, you know. <laughs> but it would create really interesting situations for failure That's true. and That's how, true. how you're going to take I the story in a different direction. created a lot of smashed egg timers. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, we would totally stomp on the Ding, egg timer. Bow. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be your cell phone. That way you're personally invested into it. I'm glad you, you mentioned that because that brings up another part of metagaming. And you mentioned it before. Somebody who knows the monster manual so well. What about we run into a monster and somebody looks up the monster? That's lame. Uh, yeah. that's, it's been a while since that's happened. That was, those was Safari Pete days. Safari but, Pete days. But then that's Mike's brother, Pete. He, shout he, out to when Pete. He used to play. What about looking up information on your smartphone? Also lame. I don't do that. Never. Never. What are <laughs> smartphones? <laughs> yeah, Mike has got a new phone, Mike and his new phone is like five or six generations behind. Well, to be it's quite a honest, phone. Mike has what's called a burner phone. It is a Boost Mobile. They talk about phone. those in the crime TV. Mike's a, Mike's a Mossad agent. No, man. Mike has the smartest phone of all of us because he's barely paying for that piece That's of shit. <laughs> no, actually, I am paying the least because mine's paid for. Oh, wow, Aha, yeah. fuck you all. Yeah, company phone, motherfucker. Yay. All right, so my next point is Game Masters and metagaming. Okay, go, Mike. Yes. Impossible. Impossible. So GM Fiat is not metagaming. Well, as they or fudge, uh, fudging roles. Wasn't it said in, in ET, the DM knows all and sees all? Well, yeah, but if you know that a character's close to death and you fudge a role so they don't take damage when you know that next hit's going to kill them, that's metagaming. Well, yeah, that's applying knowledge and affecting the, the environment. The, the GM has a different obligation, though. Unless you're playing a combat simulation then yes, that I mean that would be fudging. But if if you're telling yeah. a story, and that character is integral to part of the story later on, well, I I think yeah. that I think that that has a lot to do with just GM styles, because it could be because you've never met a character you wouldn't kill. Because I'm t- I'm telling a story, and you know as well as anybody else, I'm going to roll my t- hit roll right there in your face. Yeah, I love but dice you out in the open. But you didn't always used to do it that way. No. No, and it was because I was accused of probably fudging, <laughs> fudging things for people and not for other people. I was like, fine, I'll roll it all out in the open. Let the chips fall where they may. Other game masters are not like that, and they want to keep their stories going. So I think that, in my opinion, I think, yes, it is metagaming. The example of DMs basing, uh, no, players basing their actions on what they think the DM's going to do is metagaming. But I think the opposite's not true. DMs write campaigns based on how they think players are going to act or what types of characters they like to play. They have to do that to make it more enjoyable for the players. When you write something into a game that you're running, something that is like essentially a puzzle, say, 
and you're you're wanting the your your friends your your partners in gaming to eventually figure this puzzle out and get on with the damn story, and then they can't fucking do it. You've outsmarted everybody. Do you then drop clues and meta game for them, or do you just say fuck it and move on? I, I say you got you got to figure out a way to to work a failure into the story. It should be what happens if that doesn't work. Right. There should always be an out. Does metagaming have a negative effect long-term on a campaign? More times than not, I think that metagaming, it's you know case-by-case basis at that moment. Unless, of course, it's the major plot point of an adventure. Like I said before, well, you know, oh, we're, we're sent to this dungeon to go find this lost person or whatever. But we know ahead of time what lies at the bottom of this thing, and we start planning towards that rather than what the story actually is. Then, right. yes. I think it would. But for the most part, I think that, well, my guy, I know how to swim, so my character knows how to swim. But do you know how to swim in full plate? No one does. I rode a horse once while someone led it, so I must know how to ride a horse. That's being led. Right. I know how to be led. I know how to sit on an animal. I can shoot a shotgun, therefore I can hunt. Right. I'm not sure that's really the same. Mike, how do you... uh, Uh, There's hunting for things and then waiting in a tree for them to walk by and then shooting them. That's a totally different kind of thing. I don't like doing that. So, Mike, how, how do you approach it? Because, I mean, you, you deal with this every day. Half the time you uh, ignore it because it probably is harmless. If it's something that's going to derail the game, like they've maybe figured out your plot ahead of time or something like that, then because, you know, maybe they can read you, oh, Mike's done that same plot a dozen times, you know, so they figure it out. You can try to adjust on the fly. Which maybe you could say is meta meta gaming or GM fiat. How deep how deep can we go on meta gaming? I don't think I don't think the DM really has a choice. I think the DM has to meta game. Or you stick to it. Kill the whole party. Start from scratch. That's only happened once with Mike. And let it go. Now the only kind of uh, meta knowledge that really irritates me is the uh, rules luring type. Where uh, right. So you don't have to worry about that with me. You don't know the rules. One person will go, and then it's like, everyone, we need a 20 to hit that. And then you, you, right, know, you all start right. crunching the numbers, buffing each other, and then it becomes more of a board game at that. Lose that suspension of disbelief, and it becomes more like a, a, a tactical game at that point. Oh, it's like, it's, game systems, so often these days, it's like, you know, you, there are certain types of things in there that are damaged by certain types of weapons or spells or whatnot. And it's like, and eventually, like things start to fall into a certain category. You don't even have to know the full stats of a monster to to effectively defeat it. You just got to know that, okay, this is similar to this, which is affected by this, and then yeah. Well, I, th- I think uh, as far as like a monster goes, and knowing that it, you need a certain kind of thing to hit it. Like I've always thought that a werewolf ne- needing to be hit by a silver weapon was common knowledge. Well, yeah, it's is com- that really it's, is it's that really made a gaming to? the type of person that a gamer is it's not common knowledge to my mom no but but it would be common knowledge to a person who lives on a fantasy world where werewolves are a common occurrence i would think if they were a common occurrence yes but if they if they were something out of legend mythical creature maybe a few on on a fantasy world though that's what i'm saying how involved is your fantasy world i mean is your adventurer the only guy that encounters a werewolf when you've encountered in in a campaign or are, we- are werewolves stuff of legend, or are uh, you know, they just you know uh, something else that people happen to run into every once in a while? Well, yeah, that's and DM's going to have to establish that, right? So, well, I'm talking about in, like, let's take Greyhawk for example. Do most people that live in Greyhawk walk around with the understanding that dragons and shit will eventually pop by if you stand in one place for long enough, or do they just think, oh no, that's a mythological beast? Those adventurers are crazy. Well, that, yeah, I the think monsters are real. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, right. but but but, you, indiv- but specific knowledge about that, I, you could take a metagaming situation and turn it into a role play situation. Oh, I know that vampires, you know, they don't like stakes in the chest. And then you say, well, look, we need to sharpen some stakes. And somebody goes, well, how do you know that? Your character's never encountered that. The game master could say, yes, but you know, when you were younger, a bard came to town and told a story about that, and you remember that. That's actually something I was reading about. Metagaming's bad, but it's the way you apply it. Saying that vampires are affected by snakes because that's how it's done in the movies, using that statement is metagaming. But then role-playing it out, vampires are affected by snakes because that's what the local witch hunters do. You're keeping it within the game. So you basically you're role-playing you're saying you it can, out. metagaming can be perfectly legitimate as long if as you're creative and role-play it well. Yeah. Right. Shit, I'm going to read Everything from now on. <laughs> yeah, if you can role play it out, then it's. I think it would be halfway justified. Well, I can recall more than one situation where one of us has said, "Oh, well, I know what to do in this situation. We just need to do this or this." And I've heard the dungeon master say, "Whether it's Mike or Eric or whoever it is, you wouldn't know that. One of you other guys is going to have to come up with it or find a skill that you've got." That could justify you having this information. Are you sure that's not like oddly specific information? Something that came to mind as soon as you said that is we've encountered so many things that things start to run together. Like, what exactly am I supposed to do with that brown mold? Right. What exactly am I supposed to do to that black pudding? Yeah. And and we've we've dealt with all of them, but they run together, and you're like, I don't remember. I right. believe you're supposed to eat, eat both of them. No, <laughs> eat chocolate pudding, not brown pudding. <laughs> right. You know, when you go to the store and you buy a game book and you get it home and you get to that spot in the book where it says, if you're not the game master, don't read past this point. You just paid 50 bucks for right. that fucking book. You're going to keep reading. I'm reading it. Right. You just brought up a great point then. One of the things that could be construed as metagaming is knowing how magic items work. When you find a magic item... You don't know immediately what it does without testing it, casting spells or whatever. And as the editions go by, 4th edition specifically, now the knowledge of what Magic Items does, the meta knowledge of what Magic Items do, is so superfluous that they are in the same book that players use. Yeah. They're not separated by a deal. That's another instance where I think that Dungeons & Dragons has been tainted by World of Warcraft. Because, you know, in World of Warcraft, you know that a certain encounter, which occurs in on that server every day and a half or however, will eventually yield this particular magic item. Right. So you take your whole party back to that fucking encounter 9, 10, 15 times so, until you've all got that one magic sword. Oh, yeah. And it's right. like, uh, Fun. Well, I mean, you could look at it this way, too. I'd rather play with a bunch of guys who have a broad range and know a lot of stuff and are capable of playing a character that maybe would know some of the things that they know rather than, hey, Dungeon Master, do I know this or do I know how to do this? What role do I need to do to figure out what it is and what I need to do? It's right in front of you. It's on your character sheet. Right. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? I, I understand that. But then you're just basically waiting for your Dungeon Master to tell you if you know something or you don't know something. And I don't really know that that's always necessarily the best way to do things. I think this relates to kind of what you're saying. Like back when Jay would run Werewolf, if you were, say, picking a lock, Jay would have you roll your manipulation plus your lock picking rather than, say, your dexterity plus your lock picking. Because in his mind, to manipulate something meant to manually manipulate it. Right. Even though it was very clearly a social <laughs> stat. <laughs> hey, baby, can that's, I get those shorts off? Manipulation would be used to uh, take a bra off with one hand right <laughs> that is a, that is a useful skill a, use manipulation to get a bra off when you're just convincing someone to take that bra off themselves exactly. either way it, it, it all ends up with the same thing okay well let's move on to something else we're going to 
actually address a listener's question on the show. Our one listener. No, we've got plenty of listeners. It's just that... Uh, How did that happen? I don't know. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Providence. It is cool. I've got a whole other podcast. I've got like nine listeners and <laughs> five of them are you guys. Um, nope. Question. Nope. Never mind that. <laughs> yep. So anyway, um, the, the way I'm going to handle it is, is if you ask us a question directly on facebook i will answer you directly you know or we you know as a group will answer you directly but if you address a question to us privately through comments on the website or through email then we may address it on the show the question is related back to episode three which was book adventures versus homemade adventures and the listeners uh, he goes by the nickname of q man and his question well let me just go ahead and read the whole thing here it says you mentioned that RPGs will have to compete with online games to be able to connect players in different cities and things like that. His question is, do you think that this is the future of tabletop gaming? I think in not too long from now, everybody's going to show up to game with their iPad or some equivalent in all their books and their character and their dice roller is going to be right there. You're not going to need very much Well, what I, I think outside his, of that. Uh, the, the, second, the next part of his question is where rules are built into virtual tabletops in which GMs build an adventure, uh, which is what the original Neverwinter Nights was supposed to be like. Right. You know, and Wizards of the Coast it was trying to do with their virtual tabletop. We, we talked about, you know, have somebody Skyping in, things like that. What do you think? Do you think that having virtual tabletops and interacting through online conversations and things like that, let's say Mark moves away, moves to Los Angeles or whatever, and then still wants to game with us, is that still possible? Would we even do that? Yeah, because if we get pissed off at Mark, we just unplug it. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. Yes. I, Jason is waiting to unplug me forever. <laughs> I think this progression is inevitable. It's it's just going to happen. Everything else is everything is going digital in some fashion. Communication is going digital. For example, you there is always a class reunion going on on Facebook right now. Right. This is just I still where don't want to talk to those motherfuckers. Right. Well, and you know, and that's your option. <laughs> but someone is going to come along and create a good solid protocol with a good video conferencing system in a simple streamlined way for a gm to drop in their adventure it's going to happen yeah as as, you know broadband communication gets more and more available to everyone and and as laptops or smartphones or ibooks or whatever you know you become more readily available people are going to start using them and it's like why carry around a duffel bag with 19 hardcover books right See, to every game. You're looking at this from the point of view of a player. This is not going to be player-driven. This is going to be company-driven because it goes back to another topic we were talking about, addition changes. This then allows companies to create licensing systems so that they can make consistent money and they don't have to worry about pushing a book that may or may not so sell. So you're just licensing their content on their server. Right. And they're like, okay, if you want to play, if you want to play Car Wars, you have to, you know, Steve Jackson Games is going to, you know, we'll have a, it all set up. All you have to do is log on and, you know, plug in what you want. Exactly. And we can only hope that it is Car Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that was my steel pick two Gen Cons ago. Five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then I think doing this digitally, doing this online, and with a license, will help prevent things like power gaming because you can easily plug in a list of potential abilities and say, no, you really can't use these together. You know, you can you could effectively ban a combination. You you could instantly do away with frenzied berserker. You wouldn't have to create a new edition. Right. You just say this is no longer a viable option. Right. Just take it off the table. Exactly. It's not. You know. It's just not doable. Right. What do you think, Mike? Well, I was just listening to Danny's uh, making sense. 
Yeah, really? I, mean, I think he's got a very rollerball opinion of how shit's going to happen in the world. But you know, it's I all tend cor- to agree it's with all him. Corporate takeover. Yeah. I'm thinking more like Mad Max. I'm thinking more Solar Babies myself. Solar Babies. <laughs> Great. You know, I've almost watched that on Netflix like nine times in the last week. I was like, it's one of those things. Where I was like, I, I really enjoyed it as a kid. I don't think if I revisit it, it's going to be Jamie Gertz. As good. Don't do it. Yeah, so I think merging technology and and D and D or role playing games is a good idea. I think uh, I'd rather not have to lug books back and forth or You don't. Whatever. You leave your shit here. I do now, yeah, because we have a place to play. Right. But but, but not it, everybody does. Not everybody has this kind of a consistent sure. group and a place to play. Sure. This would allow people... Think of think of the guys that you gamed with in Eric in the military. Right. If you had the opportunity and a, and a nice, simple, easy way to do it online, it would behoove you to do it. Right. We'd probably still be playing... You? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not not to mention online communities have a way of, of growing. Mike could get a side game with all the cannon fire people together. Right. Possibility. You know, yeah. because the be cool. the internet is the greatest liberator and democratizer of people. It turns everybody into a douchebag. Well, there is the a potential. free douchebag. Free douchebag is better than you know, a suppressed yeah. douchebag. <laughs> but there, I mean, there are, there are always going to be trolls. I mean, there's just a percentage of people in this world who are just assholes, especially whenever they're behind a mic. But, <laughs> but no, if, if they're Skyping in and you can see this person, there's a lot less potential of someone being a D-bag. Or you just flag their account, say, this guy's a loser and he can't yeah. you know, join in on my game. Well, right. I know it happened a few weeks ago. There was a book that we needed that I have a copy of, but I didn't bring it. And there were some items in it that we wanted to look up. And I got on... Because you were made of gaming, right? No, it was, it was some equipment we were going to buy. So I looked for this book on the internet, and I found... I don't think it was an illicit download, but it was a perfect download of this book. And I've got it in my iBooks now. And, and, it's, and it's totally illegal because of the fucked up licensing that we have. Shh. You know, and, and it that, is what it is. And that was our friend Joe who was just talking allegedly, about Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly someone could do this. Because, yes, I mean, essentially everything is on the Internet in some fashion. Right. Har- the companies will learn to harness it for their own means. Right. Is that the, the rule of if something exists, there's porn of it? That too, yes. Oh, okay. I have seen yes. the World of Warcraft porn. Oh, really? It is, it's, not, it's not worth going to look for, even though I know you probably will. It's not worth searching for. Note to self. He's looking it up right now on his uh, but I heard the new Star Trek porn is really good. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know where that's going. Um, but anyway, <laughs> nerd, so that's a whole Quinto segment. Boating fucking <laughs> All right, so nerd porn. Nerd, yeah, we, we'll talk. We, no, we, we'll never talk about that because I, I don't even want to get into that. So, there, there are um, things about Jason I just don't want to know. So you know, dealing with what you're saying, though, I think that companies will eventually wise up. You know, put their content out there so people could take chunks of it. You, you were talking about before microtransactions. Yeah. I, you know, I've got my character and I want this ability and I want to be able to apply it to my character. I'll pay 99 cents to do that. Right. Because it, it, in the end, it gets down to if you want to buy a book, I don't need the GM portion. I don't need the fighter portion right now if I'm playing a monk. So I would buy the monk class to $3. Right. That smacks of collectible card games. Well, no, well, yeah, but as long as I don't have to actually like make a deck and you know put cards you know, down on the table, I'm still okay with that. The, the thing of it is, we have to accept the fact that game books are not selling. They, they just aren't. People don't have the kind of money to invest into these games when it's thirty bucks a pop. Well, it's not even just that. People have five dollars a pop. Right. That's the kind well, of money that they, they need to appeal to. Something that I'm running into is finite amount of space in my house. 
you know, where, I can, where I can download your, a book from, from, you know, RPG now and keep it on my computer rather right. than the, the shelf space for a book that I may or may not even use. Yeah. Books at that point in time become collector's editions. Like this is totally off topic, but I think it, it bears mentioning the hardcover leather bound, your edition of aces and eights. Do you yes. know how much that goes for on eBay right now? No, tell me I'm going to sell it's it upwards of $200. It's no yeah, shit. They're, yes. they're, they're in a third printing now and mm-hmm. both you and I have first printings. Yes. High five buddy. Thanks for yeah. talking me into that. Yeah, it's and it's totally yes. worth it because that book is it's held up pretty good. It hasn't oh, yeah, been used absolutely. a lot. Well, and I, I remember when we went and he's like, "Dude, you got to come see this." Yeah. And went over and looked at the book. They had the regular edition of the book, and then they had the leather bound one. And he's standing behind me like a devil on my shoulder. <laughs> you want the leather one? We everybody <laughs> knew you were going to get it, except you. The only person that's worse than me being the devil on your shoulder is Dan, oh. because Dan Dan is notorious I have, for spending other people's money. Let me explain. I have no money, so I have to live vicariously <laughs> through those who do. You should get a towel army. You should get a towel army. <laughs> no, I'm going to sell that to him. You should get my towel army. Right? Yes, yes, I play better than your average. <laughs> So a few I'm, of them are painted really well. <laughs> Very few. The rest of them are not. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, Q-Man, I hope we answered your question. I have a feeling we probably did not. That's what uh, we do. We do not answer questions. I think right. technology and role-playing games should go hand in hand. Go we'll play WoW and leave me alone. <laughs> well, I mean, whether or not they should, I, I, I think is irrelevant. I think it, it's, it's, an, it's an inevitability. That's how these companies are going to continue to stay in business and well, make money. Um, you know, and, and I was just about to sign us off, but I do have another point. Dice roller apps. Yes. Uh, I disagree with dice roller apps because no random computer program is ever truly random. They yes, work but, on an algorithm. But so. isn't? But we've discussed it before. Uh, percentage roll is not truly right. random. Yeah, 2d10 is not. I, I think well, no. well, th- that's part of what goes along with, with the technology and ha- needs to get there. Somebody really needs to, to build a good – you probably have to tap into you know an Amazon S3 server to get the kind of power you need to get a truly random, even though it, it's not. You could get close to a dice. So, okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there for real this time. Thanks for joining us. Keep the questions coming. Facebook, emails. uh, Just keep them coming. Adios. See ya. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Gamers Table. And like us on Facebook. You have been listening to Gamers Table, brought to you by Side Tangent Productions. Visit us at www.gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual property discussed during this podcast are the properties of their respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without the express consent from Side Tangent Productions.